Welcome to a special presentation of Behind the Page, where we at Marvel vs. Marvel revisit the comic book histories of some of your favourite Marvel characters. If you're joining us for the first time, each and every episode of MVM is packed with this kind of history and trivia as we explore the Marvel movies and the comic books that inspired them. a little time now to explore and go through the the history of the character and the journey to get here from the comic book side of things because will man we've never had anything like this in 20 episodes we've never had anything like this in marvel versus marvel so far you're there's some exciting things to talk about especially in the video game areas that you're going to really be jazzed about Uh, yeah, I, I think it's 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 certainly the most unique path we've looked at. Um, this is the most modern character we've we've to get their own movie that we've looked at. Really? Um, yeah. Um, he's uh, he's created in 1990. Oh wow! Um, so it's it, it, 1990. <clears throat> there's a an artist called Rob Leefield, uh, a bombastic macho artist in terms of his art not him as a person mm. uh, we're, we're, we're in the what you call the image era okay where dynamic artists like Todd McFarlane Jim Lee Jim Valentino and Rob Leefield can really transform a Marvel or a DC comic book sales with their impressive front covers and their exciting artwork inside this is also the era of the X-Men. Chris Claremont, as we talked about in our X-Men episode, has turned the X-Men into an absolute powerhouse of a comic book in the 1980s, from one of the worst performing comic books to the biggest, and secured them this this cartoon series that's about to start, this toy line, all of that comes from Chris Claremont's incredible like 16-year run on, on the X-Men. Now, the X-Men have a spin-off comic book um, around this time um, that's that called The New Mutants, which is about a new generation. You might, you know, there was, a, there was a movie about it very recently. It's about a new generation of teenagers mm. training to become X-Men. Sales are in the absolute toilet. It's the worst performing of all the X-Men books. Marvel are desperate to inject some new life into this or they're going to have to cancel the series. So they hand New Mutants over to Rob Leefield, who is getting a lot of attention and has done increased sales over at DC for a uh, another you know comic book that no one was buying called Hawk and Dove. They <laughs> hand New Mutants over to Rob Leefield and, and writer Fabian Nicesa, and straight away there is a big upswing in sales. In, in in their second in- issue, they introduce a character called Cable, mm. a grim, brooding, and violent stranger with a dark, mysterious past 
and a secret connection to the X-Men. New Mutants almost immediately start selling an additional 300,000 copies a month. Ooh. That's Rob Lee Fields. It's Fabian Nassier. to be to be sure, but it's Rob Lee Fields and it's Cable. As the sales continue on this upward trend, Marvel know Rob Leefield is becoming a superstar. He's the reason people are buying the comic. So they give him more creative control over the over the series. He becomes the plotter, coming up with the stories. <laughs> and Nasisa becomes the guy that writes all the dialogue. Mm. Um, Leefield is throwing out tons of new characters. It's important to know that because... It's not like he introduces a new character and it's a hit. He introduces a new character and it's a hit. It's more like throwing pasta at a wall to see what (laughs) sticks. Okay, Tons of new characters. New heroes, new villains, new anything. Um, Leafield is looking for a hit. And Cable massively was. And Cable would go on to dominate X-Men storylines for like five or six years. From New Mutants over to the regular series. Um, and it, and it's during this time that Deadpool first appears. He first appears in the New Mutants as a deadly mercenary sent to kill Cable and the, the teenage superheroes. Now, in the 1980s, we go over to the competition, DC Comics. They're having wild success with a comic book called The New Teen Titans. And in that, <laughs> there is a deadly mercenary called Deathstroke... Who's sent to kill ah. the teenage superheroes? Yeah, I know Deathstroke. Everything about Deadpool originally, in his design and his intent, is almost a direct ripoff of Deathstroke. The concept, the design, carrying swords and guns at the same time. Yeah. So yeah, much yeah. so that when um, the Caesar first saw the concept, um, sorry, the design for the character, he says. That looks like you've uh, you've just drawn Deathstroke, um, and, and when it came time to create Deadpool's surname, Nasir made fun of Rob Leefield by giving Wade the same last name as Deathstroke. <laughs> Both had Slade as the surname because mm. Nasir was just like openly drawing a parallel and poking fun and, and taking the taking the Mickey. Mm. Now, when, when when Deadpool first appears, you would not recognise him. I mean, design-wise, appearance-wise, you would. But Deadpool appears as a grim, brooding, and violent stranger with a dark and mysterious past and a secret connection to the X-Men. Exactly the same as Cable uh. the year earlier. Um, unfortunately, that is because Rob Leefield only has one record... And he plays it again and again and again. In fact, in the same issue where Deadpool makes his first appearance, we also get the first appearance of Gideon, Mm. a grim, brooding, and violent stranger (laughs) with a dark, mysterious past and a secret connection to the X-Men. And we also get the first appearance of Domino, a grim, brooding, and violent stranger with a dark, mysterious past and a secret connection to the X-Men. Wow. But none of that matters. Because the characters are so 90s, it's unreal. And that makes them a hit. They capture the spirit of macho fiction in superhero comics at the time. So Mm. much so that in 1991, 
Marvel cancels the New Mutants and has Lee Field and the Caesar relaunch Cable and the Teenage X-Men in a brand new comic called X-Force. Mm. Brilliant name. Brilliant, you know, team name and, and, and title name of the comic. Issue 1 sells over 5 million copies. Ooh. It's the biggest selling comic book of all time when it's released. That record got beat not too long after, but X-Force issue 1 still remains to this day the second biggest selling comic of all time. And it's it's in X-Force that Deadpool would make numerous appearances as the mercenary gunning for the team and trying to kill Cable. You know, mm. he's a villain. Straight up villain, grim nothing that you would recognize from 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 the movie this success is absolutely huge for marvel um rob leefield appears in a spike lee directed commercial for levi jeans highlighting him as the superstar artist behind x-force <laughs> you cannot buy publicity like that that's insane you buy it, it, it the, the, the commercials out there on on youtube it was like a commercial put together to highlight people with really cool jobs mm. and they're wearing levi right <laughs> um, marvel have a, a line of x-men action figures um, spinning out of their hugely popular Fox cartoon series, which we've talked about a lot. It was a real touchstone in the 90s. Marvel make the decision. The first line of toys from the X-Men cartoon series was really, really successful. Mm. Marvel and Toy Biz decide the second wave of these toys will be based around Cable, Deadpool, and X-Force. Ooh. That's the popularity level in, in, in this period of time. In 93, Deadpool gets his own limited series written by Nasir, but with no input from Rob Leefield. Good. Right. <laughs> After what you told me, it's like, get him away. Get him Rob away. Rob Leefield had left Marvel um, with Jim Lee, Jim Valentino, mm. Todd McFarlane, every other superstar freelancer. They all left Marvel en masse in the early 90s, walked out the front door, and started their own rival comic company called Image Comics, which to this day publishes The Walking Dead and yeah. things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where I've heard them from. Yeah. The Deadpool's first series in 93, very similar to a lot of X-Men stories at the time. It's focused on Deadpool's... Black, mercenary life is 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 shady past in Black Ops military stuff. It's very derivative of Wolverine's solo series, and and it's not anything like what the character would become. Um, by ninety five, Deadpool's popularity has practically evaporated. Ooh. He is relegated to a few minor appearances here and there, like from the he was white hot. In 91, 92, maybe 93. By 95, you couldn't get a, a, a colder character. Um, in 1997, things really change. Well, okay, I'm overstating that. <laughs> Creatively, things change. In 97, um, 
Deadpool, there's a new Deadpool series from writer Joe Kelly and artist Ed McGuinness. And this is where Deadpool changes forever. Okay. Now, Deadpool is funny. <laughs> which relatively hadn't happened before. Mm. It's still not popular. Marvel goes out of their way to tell Kelly and McGuinness that sales are so low they should really only expect to last five or six issues. They're constantly being told, you're under threat of cancellation, you're under threat of cancellation, the sales aren't good, got to get the sales up, guys, you're going to get cancelled. Mm. And and several times it is saved by an outpouring of um, fan fan enthusiasm, like letter-writing campaigns from fans of the comic book, because Jed, Joe Kelly and Ed McGuinness are doing something with Deadpool that Marvel fans haven't really had in a little while, and it's really fun for them, mm. but there's not enough of them. Yeah, yeah. Deadpool kind of limps along with low sales, appearing in various comic books, but no real spotlight, no real popularity. That goes on for a decade. Um, and then in 2008, in anticipation of his appearance in the upcoming Wolverine Origins movie, <laughs> a writer called Daniel Way, Marvel comics don't know what the movie is going to, what it's going to be, mm. you know. And they just all they know is a movie is going to come out with one of our characters. We need to have a book. We need to have a comic we can sell to people when they come <laughs> in off the street. I've just seen this movie. I want to buy Wolverine and and Sabretooth. And who was the other guy? Oh yeah, Deadpool. We need a book, right, that we can sell them. Um, when X Men First Class came out, Marvel had a <laughs> a comic book called X Men First Class that featured none of the characters from the movie. They just needed a thing. <laughs> That they can sell when a customer says, I've just seen that first class movie. Can I read the comic? Yeah, there you go. This one is set in the 1920s. Cool. Um, so so they, they launch a brand new Deadpool series with, with this writer, Daniel Way. And Way decides to turn the volume way, way up on the moronic juvenile humour and the Utterly ridiculous stories, and and uh, another writer called um, Colin Bell, Colin Bon, Colin something, does very similar things in 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 the same in the same way at the same time. It's completely out of touch with the silent, topless black ops mercenary character from the movie. Mm. But this approach works. It is a decent, medium sized. Especially for the error, hit Deadpool sells better than it has in fifteen years, and fans are now paying attention to the crazy antics of the character. Like between two thousand and nine and two thousand and twelve, there were an astounding eleven different comic series starring Deadpool. Oof. Eleven. No character in comic history has ever been that prolific before, and a lot of the char- a lot of those series like had no connection to the rest of the Marvel universe. Um, there were things featuring the Deadpool Core, okay, which mm. was a team featuring 
Deadpool, Lady Deadpool, <laughs> Dogpool, Kidpool, and Headpool. That one was just a disembodied head of Deadpool. They they float around alternate realities doing wild, crazy stuff. There's a series called Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe, which is a story in which Deadpool kills every single hero, villain, and character <laughs> in the Marvel Universe. It's ludicrous, it's over the top, it, it, it's bizarre. There's a series called um, Deadpool Illustrated, in which Deadpool goes into historical fiction and starts killing Tom Sawyer, Huckleberry Finn, Moby <laughs> Dick. Um, there's oh, a series, God. then they realise they've gone, how far can we possibly take this? The next series after that is Deadpool Kills Deadpool, where all the alternate versions of Deadpool start killing each other. You know, it it's zany, silly humour that looks even more ridiculous out of context. And that's where Deadpool goes viral. Ah. Pages pages of these books get uploaded to Imga and Tumblr <laughs> and become popular with people who have no idea who the character is, mm. have never read a comic book in their life, the more ridiculous, the more viral. Yeah, yeah. And that, combined with these comic books, it creates this this huge explosion of popularity for Deadpool from 2009 on through. I mean, he, he gets then um, laid out in, in these uh, various video games that Marvel... Is making at the time the Ultimate Alliance games he's featured in, but especially 2011's Marvel vs. Capcom 3. We've talked about that quite a bit on this show because it features kind of some fringe characters here and there. But Marvel vs. Capcom 3 doesn't just feature Deadpool, they include loads of his insults and jokes. <laughs> and that, there were viral videos of kids who had never read a Marvel comic. They, their favourite character is Deadpool, and they're copying the jokes, they're copying the insults. It made them a smash hit character with kids, that, that 2011 um, video game. Uh, so much so that 2013, Deadpool gets his own video game, mm. written by Daniel Way. Um, and they have uh, a marketing campaign that doesn't look too dissimilar from what we saw with this movie. The, the the Deadpool breaks the fourth wall and he like annotates the uh, press release with his own notes. He sh- someone shows up in co- Deadpool cosplay at press releases to screw with the guys making the video game. You know, very fourth wall breaking. What do you reckon the budget on that video game was? Will two thousand thirteen Deadpool game? Two thousand. Okay, I'm not going to be good with video game budgets, but I'm going to go with. Two million dollars. What's the budget of this movie? Uh, was it fifty-eight? Yeah, fifty-eight million dollars. Deadpool's two thousand and thirteen video game. The budget is one hundred million dollars. No, it's one of the most expensive video games ever developed at that time. The I've, budget I've is nearly it. twice the budget of this movie. How does that work? I have no idea. I'm not in the video game business, but they were obviously so enamoured with the character, hmm. and they saw the smash hit of the 
Capcom, uh, Marvel Capcom 3. They saw the, the viral sensation. They saw 11 different comic series from 09 to 12. And they went all in on this video game. $100 million. Oh, too right, too right. I, I've yet to play the game. It got taken off Steam uh, because of licensing issues with Marvel, but I'm going to try and find a way to right. play it because I wanted to play it for some time but never really got round to it. So that's where we are. We didn't really touch too much on the Wolverine X-Men Origins uh, because you know that's still something we can do a deep dive on one day in the future. But... Um, I, I'd argue that version of Deadpool bears no resemblance to this version of Deadpool. And then I think <laughs> that what's important is the comic book history, the sales history, the viral history, and the mm. video game history. I think without Tumblr, you might not get this movie. Without, you know, Marvel vs. Capcom 3, without, without, without. And without, of course, Rob Leefield and Fabian Nassiza, who created the character... In 1990, one of the one of the most recent characters we've ever tackled um, on this podcast. Thanks for joining us as we revisit some of our favourite moments from Marvel vs. Marvel. Don't forget our full-length episodes are jam-packed with hours of Marvel trivia, behind the page, behind the scenes, and comic book Marvel history. Marvel.